Let's take it to the edge. Let's get deflected. Let's talk about the night perspective. Let's get sharp. Let's get a little real. Hey guys, I'm Dan Eastland with Dogwood Custom Knives, and I'm here with Kyle Daly of KH Daily Knives, and this is The Knife Perspective, episode number 050, the snafu episode. How are you doing tonight, Kyle? Oh, it's been uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. I uh, decided for my birthday, I'm uh, taking a stone sharpening class after doing extensive research in our uh, episode with Sean Houston about whetstones. Mm-hmm. I decided to uh, become a little more proficient in the, the art of stone sharpening. So I'm taking a class um, with Nick. Just to clarify, you're sharpening with stones. You're not actually sharpening stones. Yeah, sharpening with stones. Okay. Um, so he uh, he has a ton of like different Japanese style stones and everything, and uh, he works for. Uh, a place here in Chicago that they do classes on Saturdays and uh, I'm going to go over there and try out a ton of different stones and stuff and try to sharpen them. And uh, I thought, Hey, you know, what would be really good to bring some Magna cut uh, blades. (laughs) So uh, teacher, this knife just isn't taking an edge. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I've been trying to, I want to try to keep, every hundred knives or at least have it uh, somewhere that I know where it's going to be forever um, until I get to 500. And then I might do like 200 or 500 or something. Uh, but number 300, I had rough ground it uh, in Magna cut uh, eight inch chef's knife. And uh, for whatever reason, I decided, you know what? I think for 300, I want to do something a little more special. I think I want to S grind it. Uh, Cause you hate so- yourself. Yeah, I do. And uh, I've spent about an hour and a half hand sanding the S grind part of it. And uh, I've got it glued up over here. So I've got some super beautiful old growth uh, oak burl from uh, Nicholas's Impregnated Woods. Uh, It's that greenish color. I've got black and white liners on it. Looks super beautiful. Cool. So. Uh, hopefully that'll turn out and uh, hopefully I can get the handle finished off tomorrow and it'll be uh, be good to take for Saturday. But Saturday's my birthday. I'll be the big 37 now. So getting up there in age, man. Yeah. Uh, harder every year. Or softer, depending <laughs> on where you are. <laughs> yeah. My boys help make me feel especially old when they're running around and doing stuff and my boys were playing hide and go seek the other day. And, uh, that was, uh, uh, pretty crazy. One of them hid pretty well and, uh, took me about 15 minutes to find him. Usually he's not that crafty, but he managed to like crawl in underneath a bed and like pull, uh, pull something like a blanket or something over where he crawled in there. So I couldn't find him. So I was starting to get a little worried there for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I I didn't really 
didn't really dawn on me how old I'm getting. Like, I mean, I feel it. The aches and the pains and that stuff happens. But we were at a state wrestling tournament and the, the, the new coach was hanging out with us and something about time came up and I mentioned that, oh yeah, you know, Beth and I had been together 23 years. And he looked at us and goes, I was five when you got married. And it, it really just, it, it, it hit me hard. Like, like freight train, like ton of boulders, like, oh shit, I'm old. Like, yeah. like kids, that kids, guys that are coaching successful high school wrestling teams were five years old when I got married. Yeah. When I was working with some of the, the younger engineers, uh, I made a mbop reference to the, the Hanson group. Yeah. And they, they said, who's that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> never, never heard of them. It was like, wow. All right. Okay. But how are you doing otherwise? How's, how's stuff going in the shop? Good. I am just starting to catch up on things. Um, you know, it, it, it's been kind of a changing moment in my life. Uh, Alex finished up his, his high school wrestling career. So on one hand, I now have got some time because I was helping coach this year to try and start catching up on the backlog. But on the other hand, it kind of, it hit me that like, that's the last high school event I'm going to be involved in. I mean, I mean, eventually maybe I'll have grandkids, but just the whole empty nest thing, you know, Jack's out of the house, but that wasn't so bad because we still had Alex. And now it, it's kind of hit me like, like this, all of this stuff is coming to an end. Yeah. Um, if I was capable of, of deep, insightful moments, that probably would have been one of them. Hmm. Um, but I'm getting, uh, getting caught up on back orders. Uh, I've still got a ways to go. I've got uh, I got a couple of little side hustles that all of a sudden are becoming businesses, oh. which I, I really wasn't prepared for. Like it, I was ready to reach the point in my life where I, I like start coasting, and instead I'm I'm still on the building stage. I, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Yeah, the hustle is never over. No. Well, I uh, want to talk about some of our sponsors. Let's do. All right. Uh, got Chance Knife Supply. They're a great sponsor of the podcast. I actually had a local person reach out to me about, he was a local woodworker asking me if uh, I would sell him some blade blanks. Turns out I was a little too expensive for him, but I uh, was able to point him to uh, Jance Knife Supply. They uh, apparently have a whole line of knives that they grind there in Oklahoma. Huh. At least that's what it said on their website. And uh, you, they sell... Uh, for their kit stuff. I didn't know that uh, a lot of them were actually made right there. So neither did I. Yeah. So check those out. Um, if you're wanting to do a, do a semi custom set for a family member or something, that's a good option. And if you uh, use the discount code KP grip, you can get 10% off handle materials and boy, do they have a lot of them. So I've uh, got pretty much everything you could possibly think of there uh, in one and a half by six inch scales put on any of the knives that they have. So check them out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was um, pretty neat. Yeah. I didn't realize I just, I don't know because of the pricing. I just assumed they were, they were getting their blade blanks overseas. That's, I feel a little better about myself supporting a company that's, that's locally or at least us sourced. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know uh, Old Town Cutlery does a uh, does a lot of blade blanks and stuff. Uh, Alabama and Damascus has like a whole different company that uh, makes blade blanks and stuff. Um, hmm. And Old Town has some of their the Alabama Damascus company is Vice Cutlery, and they uh, they do some of the blade grinding for the Old Town Do South brand. So uh, their Do South brand is a bunch of designs that old town has come up with themselves and they they use a lot of those blanks for uh their knife baking classes and stuff too so you can go and learn uh some about how to do proper fit and finish and, uh, and you said build it's up vice yeah v-i-c-e hmm. yeah it's a division of alabama damascus it says on their their website and uh i assume they make those or grind them there in alabama also I know, I know I've seen gone by their table a ton and they have just piles and piles and piles of blade blanks. I'm not exactly sure how Alabama Damascus is able to, to, to make as much as they do, but they, uh, I've used quite a few of their billets and stuff. It's a surprisingly big operation. Yeah. It's gotta be when you see the volume there. I don't know how many thousands of pounds of steel they bring to blade show every year. I don't even know how their tables <laughs> don't fall in that's uh, crazy but uh old town sells uh all the alabama damascus stuff so definitely check them out and if you use discount code kp10 you can get 10 percent off your order uh, of anything that's not already on sale so i know uh i'm getting to about the bottom third of my g-flex epoxy so i'm gonna have to order a order another big big bottle set here soon so I just got my uh, my yearly bottle set in. Yeah. And uh, they also sell the uh, Starbond adhesive. And Starbond actually had a picture of their building and stuff on their Instagram account today. So oh, cool. Uh, as, a, as a dealer. So congratulations, Lee and Melissa, making it big, uh, being a distributor of Starbond. Yeah. Um, also, Atlas Materials is a... Uh, premium sponsor of the podcast they do all sorts of g10 they have excellent g10 rods i use some of them today on the the knives that i'm gluing together and uh also micarta pins and stuff i've been using i've been using their faux ivory okay it's um and they've actually got the certification it's fda approved kitchen safe awesome so you get the look of, of old ivory or bone and it wears well, but it's, it's food safe. Yeah. I know they had a, uh, like a poll maybe a couple of years ago of like two knives, uh, one that had real ivory and one that had fake ivory and I couldn't tell the part. <laughs> yeah. Apparently if you hold a, a black light over that material too, it actually has like a UV dye in there too. So you can like tell that it's not it's not uh, uh, the real stuff so if you ever get in trouble uh make sure you have a uv light there dano i appreciate that because it's me i'll be in trouble eventually yeah especially with blade show west i know doug ritter mentioned about some of the ivory stuff for california so yeah there were some concerns about west and there was some some like whispers between tables that hey game and fish is here um, I didn't see any trouble with Blade Show West. Oh, and I got to add that to the shout outs. There's some information on that coming out. Oh. Uh, but I have heard that one of the New York shows, they really did 
and it was ridiculous. Like they were confiscating um, mammoth ivory, hmm. but they came through. Better and, watch uh, out; that stuff might go extinct. Yeah, <laughs> um, ivory, ebony. Like if you couldn't prove the source of where you got your ebony, they were confiscating stuff. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, and with all the handle material and steel and stuff we've been talking about, you'll need some of the best abrasive belts and phoenix abrasives is a excellent source to go to i know i am looking forward to stocking up on some more belts at the badger knife show that i'm going to be going we'll talk about a little bit in knife shows uh at the end of the month but phoenix abrasives they are a great supporter of the podcast uh you can use discount code kp10 to get 10 percent off all your belts there and they sell the broadback incinerator belts uh, and you can get 10% off, which makes them one of the, or I believe they are the cheapest place to get those 36 grit, uh, incinerator belts. So definitely check those out. And, uh, on Magna cut, uh, that's what worked the best for me. So yeah, definitely give them I will a second that. Yep. I love their purple ceramic belts too, for everything above 36 grit. I like, I really like the blue ceramic that they have. I believe Deerfoss is the the company that makes it, but it's a I get the 220 grit ceramics. Uh, they're blue. Uh, I use those all the time for cleaning up around the spines and everything. Uh, super good. And I also buy a ton of Rhino Wet uh, nine by eleven yeah. sheets of sandpaper. Make sure you get uh, get one of those sandpaper ripper things. Uh, I ripping it up into strips is. Uh, super helpful thing and uh one of the tips that i saw from andy roy in one of his lives uh recently uh every grit he goes opposite so yeah one grit he'll rip it like the 11 inch wide way so it'll be like 11 inches long and then the next Mm -hmm. grit will be nine inches wide um so you it's it's usually really easy to tell the difference between 400 and uh okay 320 and 600 but it's not always as easy between 400 and 600 so yeah. uh by how long it is uh so another really quick idea. way because i wish i wish on the back they would print the the number of the grit like a whole lot more they put their their logo like every <laughs> every half an inch and then red line and yeah, everything or- all over it why can't they put the grit on there more <laughs> yeah, it just really small numbers or be kind of cool if they color coded them. Yeah. Like, you know, the backing for 80 grit was always black and the backing for 120 grit was always blue. And mm-hmm. there you go. Rhino wet. Uh, get on yeah. that <laughs> million dollar idea. And I'll let you have it for a tiny, tiny fraction of just 7.3%. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> and then we also have the dealers of dogwood custom knives and cage daily knives as old town cutlery you can find dan and my knives there you can find dan's knives at the knife center and the cook station also and you can find my knives also at uh, Northside cutlery uh, they don't do a, a curated website but if you send him an email or uh, message him on instagram uh, he's more than happy to send you a picture of some of the knives and stuff that he has in stock to uh, go th- go through the internet. But for them to keep an updated 
website with all the products. It's just too time consuming for how small of a shop he is. So get in touch with him if you want to get some awesome kitchen cutlery. And that brings us to shout outs and gear talks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of these, did we cover some of these yet last week or last month or the other show? No, you teased um, one of them. Uh, did we talk about grumpy grunt? Nope. Nope. Uh, YouTube channel. Um, I mean, I've, I've got some bias cause he, uh, he bought one of my sugar skull knives, but I've been really impressed with the channel. Um, he's, he's small, but growing a really genuine guy and he knows his stuff in and out of the kitchen. I went on for, well, we're going to do something live, uh, but I went on uh, by text all right, guys, y'all know it's me. It didn't go super well, but it's because like dyslexia and spelling. And I was almost a full page behind people trying to type stuff out, but he's got a really cool group of followers, uh, pretty knowledgeable guys. And it's a, a fun little channel. So go check them out. And in the next couple of weeks, uh, he and I are going to do something live video. Cool. I'll be uh, be interested to hear that. Let me uh, if I if you think about it, uh, shoot me a note or post up in the stories for knife perspective. But that's going to happen. Uh, I will. I might see how it goes and make sure I don't make an utter ass of myself, and then I'll let you know about it. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's, I know. I know <laughs> that's not fun for you. <laughs> and then this one is it's not at all knife related, but I kind of came across it, and it's. It's one of those ones that everybody in the world should know. It's called uh, Dad, How Do I? And it is a guy that grew up without a father in his life. And he now does a channel on all the things that he wishes dad had taught him. And it's things like how to tie a tie, how to unclog a drain. But it's little and big things, uh, how to change a battery, uh, all the stuff that traditionally a dad teaches somebody that you may not have had a dad in your life to teach you. And he's got a whole YouTube channel full of, of how to do things. Very cool. Um, and it just, I feel like it's, it deserves some notice. Yeah. We'll have to check him out after the podcast. And then, uh, we both use Robin's customs, don't we? Yep. I just yep. Uh, ordered a hundred more cases from him. Uh, Ooh, look at you big day. money. Yeah. I always, he always usually has a big table at the, the badger knife show and uh usually i save a little bit on uh him just throwing him in the truck but uh he uh he said his son has uh some sort of event that he won't be able to make it it's that same weekend so he was going to try to have uh somebody take a bunch of cases up and be there uh but he wasn't quite sure if that was going to work out yet so i may end up still paying shipping anyway but uh he has some of the best prices on cases and they're made right here in illinois with as many u.s sourced components as he can possibly get the last couple years with all the supply chain stuff he's had to compromise on that a little bit but the best cases i've ever seen bar none and he will and if you do uh i think it's 25 or more cases at the same time uh you get a really good discounted price for embroidery so you uh he doesn't he doesn't mark up the embroidery charge at all he just charges you exactly what it costs him to for the embroidery 
and uh, makes your cases look absolutely amazing. When I was looking at, uh, I was kind of pricing things out. I was looking at him as an option. And I've worked with a, a local guy that he has, he does trophies and stuff, but he's got an embroidery shop and that kind of thing. And I took it to him. I'm like, hey, can you do, can you do this to beat this price? And he said, absolutely not. Whoever's giving you that price, you should, you should go do business with them. Yeah. And that kind of told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. Mike's been doing it a ton and uh great guy, uh, great human being. And uh, yeah, always love seeing him. Hopefully I'll see him at blade show. He said, he's definitely planning on being there at, in Atlanta. So he always has a big table down there too, but yeah. Wanted to try to get a bunch of cases for hopefully all the knives that I'm going to have at blade show. And, uh, maybe sell before blade we'll see <laughs> hey money now is better than money later yeah yeah we'll see see how many i can get made for the show and sold too so so uh, this next shout out as i understand it that's that you found this with your wife's uh, uh pot farm <laughs> so uh my wife has gotten really big into growing vegetables and stuff and we have a 45 by 55 inch or 55 foot garden and uh, right now she has we grow chinese lettuce right <laughs> no <laughs> uh but uh, uh i think she said she has 17 different varieties of tomatoes and oh um uh, all sorts of stuff started yeah the mushroom basket is the the one that i really love uh it was a heirloom seed uh, Baker's Creek. I feel like maybe you should clarify that it's a tomato. Yeah, it's a tomato. But yeah, they they grow super big, and uh, all the, the the little compartments inside the tomato when you like slice it for like a hamburger or whatever, uh, all those little compartments hold the the kind of juice and stuff in there a lot better, and it doesn't just pour out all over the the cutting board. So for hamburgers and everything, uh, those were super delicious. Hmm. But yeah, so this uh, com is the the place. I actually found them on Amazon to begin with, but their website usually has better pricing than Amazon. It's not quite as fast shipping. It takes like four to five days to get get your so, lights. So it's but, just human level shipping. <laughs> yeah, just human level shipping. Um, but yeah, so... We ended up getting uh, six of the four foot uh, lights and then I really liked them and they were super easy to plug together and uh, connect. We ended up buying six more just recently and then I bought six of the ones for my little office here. Uh, So now I have more than like uh, a ballast that's going out four foot fluorescent and then one light bulb. I've got uh, six four foot. LEDs up here, and then I also have twenty eight foot LEDs out in the garage uh, shop. So, so y'all listening can't really appreciate it, but we're we're on video when we're talking to each other, and I've got to tell you, um, the the new lighting is it's bright, it's crisp, it's clear, it's daylight like, and I did not realize how ugly Kyle is. Yeah. Like, I, I, I cannot tell you how much I miss the bad lighting. The face for radio. I can turn the light off. I can turn some of the lights off. Oh, God, that is so much better. <laughs> oh, oh, no, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got uh, 20 of the 8-foot lights out in the garage. And uh, the 8-foot ones, I think, are 
rate are supposed to be like nine thousand lumens per eight foot Holy one. Duke kaboom. Um, so uh, I've got a three car garage and twenty of them. There's like five over the two car garage part, and the other fifteen are all over the the knife making I mean, shop. You can get a suntan in your shop, almost. But to see those scratches and stuff, gotta have good light. Want to ha- not have shadows and stuff like that. So for uh, the ten lights, I think it's like two hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, that's they're like not bad. twenty bucks a piece. Um, yeah, and they kind of they have a little bracket that kind of uh, clips in and are really easy to take up and take down if you need to move them around or whatever. But yeah, they're they're absolutely great. Cool. There's a be a link in the the show notes. But yeah, they're they're great. And the eight foot ones, you can either buy them in a pack of six or a pack of ten. I think the pack of tens only just uh, a little bit more expensive. So it's better to have more than hanging, less. Talking about hanging your lights and getting rid of shadows in the grind room. I hung my uh, lights vertically along the walls instead of horizontally on the ceiling. Hmm. And it's, I was watching a documentary about a, a guy that shapes surfboards and he was doing it in a shaping room because he was talking about how it killed the shadows having light come horizontally from two directions. Okay. And I did it in the grind room and it made it easier to see my grinds and easier to see scratches. Yeah. So when I was progressing up through grits, it made it easier for me to see if I'd missed anything. Yeah. Very good. So the the next one is uh, Gentry Custom Knives. Uh, they had a build along competition that ended March first. I meant to, or I totally spaced on benching them in the last episode, uh, but that that giveaway is or that competition is already over. But they had a prize package that was like thirty five hundred dollars worth of stuff. Uh, Atlas Materials donated a bunch. Alabama Damascus Origin Blade Maker did like a $2,000 gift certificate. Uh, Beaumont Metalworks had like a $500 gift certificate. Uh, Housemade.us, Brian House, they did a knife sharpening package that had like a a little mister for the grinder. Red Label Abrasive was giving away a pile of belts. Our friend of the show, uh, Greg Hansen, a GL Hansen and Sons, was giving away some handle material. Uh, Dama Steel was giving away a billet of steel. And Axe Wax was giving away some of their their wax for the handles and stuff. That was a, so. That was a cool concept. We, yeah, I'm not sure about the logistics. It's going to be a pain, but that might be fun. That might be something that'd be fun to do. Yeah, like you and I uh, pick a, um, you know, pick one of the kits from Old Town or from uh, Jants. Mm-hmm. and do a build along with the the listeners. Just shoot video. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. But yeah, they had, I think there was like 600 or 800, between six and 800 people that entered. Yeah, and Alabama Damascus was cutting out the the blades and stuff for people. Uh, yeah, and he would also email you or mail you a uh, uh, paper template of the, the blade shape and stuff. So everybody had the, was making the same knife. So super cool. That is. Yeah, it, uh, I'm not saying we're going to do it tomorrow, but I think we should file that one away. Yeah, let us know if that's something you guys would be interested in, too. Yeah, maybe we could do like a, a Saturday simulcast um, and just kind of build along. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I'll put our, I'll put our people on it. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, I know I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Y'all, y'all forgive me, but this is um, good friend of the show, uh, Craig Coons, Chef Craig. He was on. He was on the our first year way back. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he's in a little bit of a bad way. Um, and I should say he is the one that helped me design the Papa Bear, the 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 Asian style cleaver. Yeah, he he and I worked together on that project. He's a phenomenal chef and incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to to knives, both the usage and the mechanics. And I've I've been very fortunate to work with him. He does a lot of the R and D for me. And he's been hit with Gillian Barr syndrome. And it is basically he ran he rolled triple back to back craps. He had an infection and for whatever reason his immune system started attacking his nervous system. Um last week he was ninety percent paralyzed. Um and y'all don't know him the way I do, but he is larger than life. He, he's a big guy. He lives a big life. He's a chef. He's an outdoorsman. He's never sitting down. Um, and now he's 90% paralyzed. And I guess I want to go with two directions on this. One is appreciate what you got. Uh, I hope he won't get irritated with me for telling this story, but I went in to see him last week and he was talking about, you, you got to appreciate what you got. And he's like, dude, taking a piss. I mean, that used to be just an annoying thing that like you had to pull over at an exit in the middle of a car trip or you were working and you had to go take a piss. He said, I can't tell you how much. I wish I could feel the sensation of needing to take a piss and go in there in the bathroom and take a piss. Um, and that's a, a, a really basic example of the little things in life. But, man, no matter how bad it's going, take a minute and realize that there are people in the world that would give anything to be dealing with what you're dealing with. The other side is he's going to need some help. Uh, I went in to see him yesterday and he's made great improvement last week. He couldn't answer a phone. He couldn't work a TV remote. Um, hell he couldn't scratch his nose. Uh, could barely speak. Uh, this week, um, he can answer the phone. He can, uh, he can use a TV remote. Um, he's getting stronger every day. Uh, they say he's got, his prognosis is high 90% chance of a full recovery, but it may take up to two years. I mean, he's going to have to, he's going to have to learn to walk again. He's going to have to learn everything over again. Um, if y'all are local, uh, the cook station next month is doing a fundraiser. Um, it's going to help with medical bills and he's not going to be able to work. So, um, it, it's going to help with the everything bills. So if y'all are local, there's about a link in the show notes. Um, as I understand it, uh, they're going to set up a direct 
um, donation. Uh, I'll get that in the show notes as it's set up, but especially if you're local and if you can come out, um, it's going to be $40 a ticket for the cook station event. Uh, a bunch of the local chefs are going to come out and do little tasting menus. Um, Kyle has been kind enough to, to donate a knife to the, uh, the silent auction. Nick Nicholas is going to be, um, is going to donate a knife to raffle off. Uh, I'm going to do a knife with, uh, custom fitting. So you'll win the light knife. You'll pick out the handle material and then you can come into the shop and I'll custom fit the handle to your hand. Um, but he's, uh, he's a phenomenal guy that could really use some help right now. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I got to meet him for the first time at blade show this past year and had an awesome time at having dinner, uh, with him and, uh, cracking jokes and stuff. He's a really cool guy. So yeah, if uh, yeah. if you guys can try to help out as much as we can, yeah, I'd I'd appreciate it. There are not a lot of good people in the world, but he's one of them. Yeah. You got anything else you wanna wanna share? No, that's uh, that, that's as close to feelings as I'm gonna come in in one day. <laughs> Alrighty, bring it back up a little bit. Uh, Steve Schwartzer uh, was out at Kilroy's workshop. Uh, was that like uh, a couple weeks ago? Um, doing some Damascus stuff. That man is freaking amazing. Yeah, he's done a ton of uh, stuff with canister Damascus and everything. And uh, he's uh, listening to him. I forget what podcast I was listening to him talk on, but he said he's he's like recruited all these young kids to go do a whole bunch of stuff and uh try ideas and then they report back and he's uh kind of being like a mentor type thing but one of the girls i believe her name is kylie schrotenlin schrotelin sorry kylie you're not looking at the dyslexic kid to figure that out are you <laughs> uh sorry yeah she or i i believe it was her idea or uh, i know she was a it was a kind of a group thing between steve kylie and uh, Ben Bannister and Ron Hardman, they all kind of worked together and they came up with this really cool idea uh, with uh, using a 3D printer and a canister. So they actually 3D printed uh, a design in there and uh, they filled the little little voids in with different powders uh, and then uh, sealed up the container. And when the when the the plastic filament in there just burned away uh, when they smashed it all together and made a super cool little pattern in there. I thought, I think it was a, they did like a, like a Yeti Bigfoot uh, design in there uh, for the first one. Uh, Super cool idea. I can't wait to see some of the things people come up with. That's an awesome concept. Yeah. The 3d printers. It's real real easy to model up different things and come up with super symmetrical uh, patterns and stuff. So uh, super cool idea guys. And thanks for uh, Steve and Kylie and Ben and Ron for uh, freely sharing that with the, the community. And uh, blade show news. Blade show West is coming to a new location. 
a new location. It is Salt Lake City this year. Salt Lake. Yep. All right. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can't make it this year also, depending on when the when the dates are. Um, it's October 7th through 8th. Okay. Which happens to be my birthday. So come on out and celebrate with me. All right. <laughs> I will be 40 years old. Still in the 40s, huh? I am. I'm pretty proud of that. Not much longer, but I got at least one more year. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, that should be cool. Yeah, it kind of depends on when uh, the school year starts um, for me going out there. And then uh, it hit me hard that um, before kids, uh, Beth used to have to go to, to business meetings and stuff like the it'd be like a week long. And she'd be like, hey, I've got a hotel room. Let's just get a plane ticket. You can tag along. And it dawned on us that come October, we're not going to have any kids in the house. So I'm like, hey, babe, we're going to flip things up and you can come with me to a uh, a business trip. <laughs> nice. So uh, so Beth may, uh, may be coming out to join us. Cool. Yeah, I always enjoy talking with her at Blade Show. So the yeah. cool lady. She's clearly the smart one in the relationship. <laughs> You both have your strengths and weaknesses, I imagine. Yeah. Her weakness is poor judgment in men. And yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, my, my wife uh, can't really seem to ever really get to go to Atlanta because that's always like the end of school for her. So, so well, and you still got time. you still got youngins. Yep. Yep. Maybe we can pawn them off on the grandparents here soon. And uh, I mean, that's the whole reason for having grandparents, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and uh other knife show news uh the badger yeah. knife show is in janesville wisconsin it's the badger knife club uh up there in wisconsin that's the 25th through 27th i will be there on saturday the 26th and hopefully i will uh have a few knives with me but uh probably won't be selling anything but um uh, just just hoffman uh he told me that uh core was it cory martin what there's a photographer that's usually there at the show that apparently i just have never paid any attention to but he does uh does professional knife photography stuff so i'm going to try to have a couple blades for that and hopefully get some professional photography done of a couple of blades uh coming up so looking forward to that uh, hopefully this number 300 knife will still be beautiful enough to possibly get some pictures taken of. So, well, that's why you use a professional. They get just the right angle. They get the lighting. Mm -hmm. They turn your seven into a 10. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I really want to really want to try to make it in a magazine or a, a book or something. So, uh, apparently that's what you got to do to, uh, do that a lot of the professional people have Love that and prostitute yourself <laughs> a lot of the professional guys have are they part of their services to submit your photo into uh the databases that knife magazine and blade blade magazine and knives illustrated and those guys use to pick photos from so hopefully uh i really really like really like to have that happen at some point so we'll mm -hmm. see all right so um, we're going to talk a little bit about guilds near and dear to my heart. The South Carolina Custom Knife Makers Guild 
their meeting is going to be 4 to, let's see, January, February, March, April. That'd be April 2nd. Uh, it's going to be just outside of Columbia. Uh, two notes on that. One, it's going to be a really good, uh, really good meeting. We're going to have some grinding exhibit or uh, demos, and we're going to have some forging demos. Also, I want to put the shout out. Uh, anybody in South Carolina, we're really trying to move these guild meetings out a little bit. We've been stuck in a, a Greenville, Columbia uh, kind of pattern. So if you are in South Carolina and you want to be a guild member and you're willing to host a guild meeting, um, we will help offset any cost. Um, we'll come down and help you set it up. We will make it as easy as humanly possible for you. Um, we're just trying to spread out the meetings to other parts of the state to kind of make it easier for people to show up. Plus, I have found that no matter what shop I go to, I learn something. So we're, we want to move this around. We want to get it in a couple of different other shops, kind of help that, that transfer of information. So I, I, I'm not begging you because I'm not a begging kind of guy, but I am asking with infinite emphasis. Um, if there's anybody in South Carolina that is willing to host a meeting, please let me know and we will make it as easy as humanly possible for you. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with John's shop, he's got one heck of a setup, lots of anvils, a uh, big blue power hammer. I think he has a forging press also. And he's been doing really a lot nice of nice grind room. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff with copper uh, too. I think that's pretty cool and doing some stainless steel uh, pans and stuff. So he's doing some uh, kitchenware that is phenomenal. Like he thought I was joking the first couple of times that I asked for a pan. And then I started getting a little shitty. I'm like, look, man, I've asked for a pan. He's like, Oh, you're serious. <laughs> um, and it started off as a fluke, but he's doing some really nice cookware now too. Yeah. And the, on the podcast he was on, I, I think he said like a piece flew out of his lathe that he was trying to do. And then, then he was like, man, that'd make a really cool, I think it was a ladle and then he was trying to figure out how to replicate the shape and it couldn't get it ever again. So, but he figured like, it out. Like so many of us, some of his best ideas started as accidents. Yeah. It's amazing how that happens. Uh, do you want to do your book corner? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, what doesn't kill us by Scott Carney. Uh, Alex actually found this book and kind of turned it on to me, turned me on to it. That'd be the one. Um, <laughs> and talking about people learning to hold their breath for 20 minutes. And my first take on that was you know, bullshit. Like the free diving record is close to that. Um, I don't agree with all the philosophy in the book, but I certainly agree with it is about learning to condition yourself mentally and physically um, to be, to get closer to what the human body is capable of. We actually use a, a small fraction of what we are physically capable of doing. Um, some of what this book focuses on is using uh, cold temperatures to help you push your body's capabilities. I'm of the opinion that 
maybe the cold temperatures aren't as necessary, that it, it has to do with mental and physical conditioning. But what the book talks about, absolutely anybody can do it. And they have, um, they have examples of people being able to withstand incredibly low sub-zero freezing temperatures for extended periods and oxygen deprivation for extended periods. Uh, and it is, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely true. Uh, if you condition yourself the way these people do, it, you really can go well past the 10 minute mark without oxygen. Um, you can withstand extremely low or extremely high temperatures. Like I said, they, they focus on the necessity of cold to be able to achieve uh, what the what it happens. I'm not 100% convinced that you need the cold temperature. I think that you can condition yourself without it. That may be because I'm Southern and cold sucks. Yeah, you cold pansy. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's fine. You come on down when it's 101 and 98% humidity and work a day with me. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's why I don't live down there. <laughs> Um, it is, it's a, it's an interesting read to begin with. And then as it, it's not a full blueprint, but it opens the door into what you can condition your body to do. Um, highly recommend it. If nothing else, just to remind yourself that you're really not doing as much as you could. So get off the couch. Yeah. One of the one of the funny videos I saw recently, it said, uh, if you're feeling down about yourself, go run a mile and then realize that your physical health is way worse than your <laughs> mental health. <laughs> There's some truth in there. But if you guys do have mental health problems, definitely help or get in touch with us. We can try to help or well, uh, no, no. talk to. Do not get in touch with me. I am in no way capable or prepare. I am in no way able to help with mental health. But get in touch with somebody. Yeah, get some help. I've gotten some help. Kyle needs to get some help. <laughs> um, do get. Don't be afraid to talk to people. I'm going to make Kyle now find the the suicide prevention hotline and put it in the show notes. Um, because I do legitimately care, but I am not capable of of giving you good advice. I am just barely capable of taking care of myself. Here's an interesting uh, thing on that. So uh, when you hire a babysitter, you're, you're hiring someone to be a parent that's younger than you. So you can go out and act like a kid. I hadn't really thought about it, but that is frighteningly true. <laughs> there you go. Thought of the day. That's a deep thought from Jack Handy. <laughs> That's a, I hadn't thought of that skit in a long time. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, first of all, <clears throat> fix yourself. And by doing that, you can check on Saturday Night Live mid-90s. Yeah. Was it mid-90s? Okay, mid so, late 90s? I, don't know. I thought I started watching like 2000s. Early 80s? 2000? Yeah. Yeah, you were watching reruns back then, dude. Really? 
Oh, wait, they didn't have reruns back then. <laughs> it might have been early 2000, but I'm thinking mid-90s. Gotcha. It, you might have been watching <sighs> the end. I was watching the beginning. It happens. Could be. All right. So as y'all may have noticed, we don't so much have a uh, a, a guest tonight. Our regularly scheduled guest had to cancel due to being a ginormous. I just assumed you were going to edit it out. (laughs) Actually, no, he wasn't feeling well. Um, So we will have him on at a later date. Uh, But the show must go on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, situation normal. All messed up. A little bit of chaos. But Kyle and I were talking, and I'm like, look, dude, show must go on. Sometimes there's adversity. This is a great chance to turn Dan's rants into a whole show. So here we are. Um, in lieu of a host, we're just going to turn Dan's rants into a show. So buckle yourself in. I don't even know what's going to happen. There you go. Okay. So I used to, uh, I used to work with uh, Equip to Endure which was a, a, a pretty significant YouTube channel. Um, I've worked with a couple of YouTubes. I have YouTube channels, sorry. I have worked with and been scammed by numerous charities and whatnot. So I, Dan's rant is going to be about how to not get taken advantage of with the whole, it'll be great exposure. All right. Really? we could cut to the heart of the matter and skip the whole next like 30, 45 minutes and just go with exposures. What you is worth what you pay for it, but y'all aren't going to believe it. And you need to hear some stories. So buckle up. Let's start with YouTube channels. Um, eventually once you start making enough knives, somebody's going to approach you. I've worked with some really great YouTube channels. Uh, I mentioned Grumpy Grunt earlier. He's a small up-and-coming channel, and we'll talk about working with those guys. I've worked with Innerbark. They're phenomenal. Uh, Wingman115, he's a great guy. Um, like I said, yeah, I worked with E2E. Uh, they were the first person to review view a knife with me. Um so I'll start with that experience and talk about why that was good. And then we can talk about some of the good and the bad. Um, the first was they approached me. That happens fairly often. The things you want to look for is. Um, all right. So I'm going to tell you the story and then we'll kind of work through it. Um, they approached me. Uh, made a point of they wanted to purchase one or two knives uh, to review. Uh, And their deal was, we'll either buy them outright, or if you'll loan them to us, we're going to review them and return them to you. One of the great big giant red flags right off the top is if they want some sort of financial benefit to them, that tends to be a red flag. Uh, the guys at E2E, they said, hey, we're not paid to play. You know, loan us the knife. We'll send it back to you. 
Um, they did a review and their deal was, and this kind of gets to into some gray zone, but I really liked the way they handled it was I said, we're going to do the review and we're going to send it to you uh, just to make sure everything's factually correct. And if you're not comfortable with it, we just won't, we just won't air it. Um, if for some reason you want to, to make another knife after hearing our review and send it to us and have us review that one, we're down with that. And that was a great balance between we're not pay to play. We're not going to say nice things just because you gave us a knife, but we're also not going to trash you. You can be comfortable sending us something. And if we don't like it, we're not going to, we're not going to blow up your brand. We're not going to make it dirty. We're just going to tell you, Hey, this wasn't for us and send it back. And that's a great balance. And it, it, you know, full disclosure, it, that ran to a kind of a long-term relationship, but that kind of, of balance that gives you some moral integrity on their part. Um, but it also gives you some cover of, I mean, it, you're rolling the dice. I mean, you send it out there and they tank your review and I've had a review tanked before and we can get into that too. Uh, I mean, you're risking your brand and that approach is morally honest because they don't, they're not going to compromise themselves. They're not going to sell out, but they're also not going to poison you. So that that's an approach that you can kind of feel comfortable with. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'll backtrack a little bit on when you get approached by a YouTube channel. If you haven't heard to them, you on one hand, you got to worry about how much is that exposure? Cause I'm a knife guy and I've never heard of you. So really, who could you be reaching out to? And there you get into some gray zone. They could be a young and up and comer and you're going to get huge benefit of being in on the ground floor. Or they could be some schmuck that'll never have more than 15 followers and you've just wasted time, money, and effort. You're going to hear me say this over and over and over and over, but do your research. When somebody approaches you, Go look at a handful of their videos. Look at the production value. Look at how many followers they've got. Look at how many people are interacting with their videos. Um, that's going to give you a concept of if they know the product, if they're an up-and-comer, or if they're just somebody trying to scam you for stuff. You know, a great indicator is also, do they want to keep it, or are they willing to send it back to you? Uh, one of the gray zones that I kind of would do is if a reviewer liked it, um, my deal was I'm not, I'm not giving it to you. You review it and then you send it back to me. If they genuinely liked the product, I would offer it to them at a used price. So I might sell it back to them at cost. But that was an, an after the review thing. That wasn't an upfront thing. Um, and that's that's a little bit of, again, we're getting to gray zone. It's not pay to play. Um, but if they really liked your product, why, why wouldn't you want them to have it? Yeah. Um, so, and you can weed out a lot of people. If they say, hey, I want to review your product. And you say, okay, 
I'm going to send you a loaner and you've got to return it. If you get dead air after that, that's a pretty strong indicator that they were just trying to get stuff that they didn't, they weren't really interested in building their channel or their product or your product. Uh, So I guess note number one or note number two, number one was do your research and see what kind of, what kind of following they have and what kind of channel they have. Number two is let them know that they can't just keep the product because some people will hit you up for, they want to do a review. They want to keep your product and then they're going to sell it. And that's what they're after. They're after making the sale. They're not after an honest review. And I'm not going to tell everybody not to be associated with that, but that was not, that's not how I want my brand associated. Um, Kind of touches on, you know, don't do it for free. Don't give anyone a knife for a review. Even the big channels, the big reputable channels, they're not going to ask for a free product. They may ask for a loaner and that's legitimate. But if they just want to keep it, that's, that's a red flag. I worked with, a uh, didn't really do a whole lot working with them, but he's, a become a pretty good friend now uh brian wood of harleywood um mm. he's a he's mainly a gun guy on youtube but uh he i've seen him at blade show the last few years and uh he's gotten a couple of my kitchen knives and stuff and legitimately like really really upstanding guy definitely check him out he did a he was doing a lot with uh knife sharpening for a while there and uh used some of my uh, knives and some of his knife sharpening stuff for his Tormek and Wicked Edge and stuff. Um, and this may also start to be a primer on if you're going to start a channel, how to approach guys. I mentioned Grumpy got Grunt earlier. I'll mention him again here. He bought a couple of my knives. I had no idea that he had a YouTube channel. So he bought them, used them, and then later approached me about coming on the channel which to me said that he was an actual believer. He wasn't looking for stuff. He, he bought the product, he liked it, and then he was willing to uh, to help support me. I consider that a green flag because he wasn't looking for a payday. He wasn't looking for his benefit. He paid full market price for it, used it, and then approached me. So if you're a YouTube channel person, you're you're looking to make make to meet makers. That's a legitimate way because it takes from my mind, you actually like my product, which is pretty awesome. Um, And you're not, it takes away that you're looking for the financial benefit. It takes away the pay for play aspect to it. So if you're thinking about doing a channel and it's expensive, I mean, having to pay full price upfront for stuff, is expensive, but it lets you kind of establish yourself as a legitimate channel, not just an income stream. Yeah. As you grow and you start doing more and more reviews, yeah, you'll you'll start looking for loaners. But if you're not there yet, buy stuff you really believe in or you think is really good and then review it. Um, it comes across more honest. It'll be more honest for the maker. Um, and is overall, I think, better for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know Brian, the first video he did with me, he did like an interview thing at Blade Show, and I, I hadn't heard of him at that point. And uh, he just said, hey, I really love your file work and stuff. It blew me away. It was the most ex- one of the most exciting things I saw at the show. Do you mind if I take a video, do a video with you? And uh, that was that was super awesome. Yeah, and it was it was legitimate and it probably comes across as honest mm-hmm. and he wasn't looking for a payday. Yeah. Um, and the, the reviewer maker relationship can be very symbiotic. Um, you can build each other up, but it, it's gotta be honest. I mean, if you're a, an influencer that just wants free shit, that that's not going to work for, for either of you. But if you if you're willing to get behind a brand that you really believe in, the two of you can work together in an honest relationship and build each other up. For sure. Um, charities. I've gotten approached by a lot. Um, and some are very legitimate. But here's my rule of thumb on donating stuff for charities. Don't do it for exposure. You're not going to sell any knives. It's it's not going to turn into additional sales. The, the people that were at the charity will probably have very little to do with your part of the market. If you donate to a charity, it needs to be because you believe in whatever it is. Consider it a donation, a complete write-off. You will never see a penny back from it. But if you care about the charity and you're giving something, that should be enough. And it should be enough because you're not going to get a, a penny back. Um, if you don't believe in the charity, you've never heard of it, don't donate products to raffles, etc. Um, people putting stickers on their boats, whatever it is. You, I'm just telling you, you're not going to see any financial benefit to it. If you donate to a charity, it just needs to be because you think you should donate. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for a big payday on some of that stuff, you're better off buying a couple lotto tickets in my opinion. Yeah. It's yeah. I've, I've donated to a few charity things. There was a, a coworker that was super sick and they raised a bunch of money and I gave a knife and uh, they actually had a local, woodworker person build a super nice case and stuff for it and like wall mount display and everything. So never, never heard from anybody from that event. That's been three, three or four years, but I was glad that it actually raised some money and went to my, my coworker and didn't uh, uh, just wanted to see him get some extra financial benefit. And that's exactly the case. My experience has been, just like yours, you don't see any financial benefit. You don't get people going, Oh, I saw your knife at that charity auction and I want four of them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go back to do your research. If people approach you from a charity that you've never heard of, do your research. Yeah. And I didn't have an extra or a lot of extra like physical money to, to give to help him out and that was a way for me to that's how they're how i decided to try to help him out as best i could 
yeah, it, it's a way to be able to turn your labor into money. Mm. Um, yeah, it, uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. All right, general scams. I'm going to tell you my story, and you can make of it what you want, and then we'll talk about some red flags. I got an email from this kid. I think he was 15. Really honest and earnest. He loved my work, but he just couldn't afford it. His grandfather um, tapped maple trees, and they did some some maple syrup, and he worked at his grandfather's refinery. and. And, and maybe he could, maybe I could do a deal for him because he was an, an Eagle Scout and he was a phenomenal human being that loved my work. And maybe he could trade me some maple syrup for a knife. And first of all, I was really flattered. And this kid loved my work. And he sounded like a really phenomenal kid, like the, the kind of kid you want to just see succeed, the kind of kid you were. And Gosh, didn't you wish you'd had a good knife? And I was kind of figuring out which pattern I could make for him. I was looking at my schedule, and this was back when I was still working in Andy's shop. And during lunch one day, Andy's messing around on the computer, and he some, somehow he mentions that he's trying to figure out what the market value of maple syrup is. I'm like, why? And he tells me about this phenomenal kid that he's an Eagle Scout and he's an amazing kid and he works at his, his grandfather's uh, syrup refinery. And we realized that we've both gotten emails from the same guy. Lord knows how many other makers that he just blanketed with this golly gee, I'm a nice guy story. And unfortunately, there are probably some golly gee nice guys out there but there are so many scammers that it is just poison the well. And in this case, I was a little upset and uh, I, I sent, I emailed him back with something along the lines of what the hell. And he starts backpedaling with, Oh, well, you know, I, cause the deal I was going to work with this kid was, you know, every so often you get a B, you get a B quality knife. It's got an aesthetic flaw. You can't sell it. You can't put your name on it. But there's nothing functionally wrong with the knife. So I was going to hook this kid up with like a B-level knife. Like, you know, send me a bottle of your finest maple syrup and you can have this knife that would have retailed for 200 something dollars. But you know, there's a nick in the handle and I didn't want to rehandle it. And he gives me this, oh, oh well, I was going to co- compare the two of y'all's knives. So I needed two. So now we've gone from you're going to scam me to, oh, you're going to show my B-level knife against somebody else's A-level knife. The really short version of this is, I really hate to admit that, that humans are just this horrible. But there's a really good chance if you got the, the, the bleeding heart, I, I'm a phenomenal guy and I just want one of your knives. It's a scam. Because in my experience, the really honest, hardworking guys don't ask for shit for free. Um, a litmus test on that can be, hey, I'm going to give you a B-side, but, oh, so I got another, I got another similar story. 
And I went with, this is a, a great litmus test. I went with, okay, you want one of my knives and, and you're this phenomenal person and you were willing to do this work. I said, here's the deal. Contact the VFW, any one of numerous uh, veterans charities and find out if there's anybody that needs some help. You know, is, is there a veteran that can't get around that needs his grass cut? Whatever it is. Um, and you do five hours of work for a veteran and have the head of the VFW send me an email back and I'll give you a knife. And that rapidly degraded into all the different reasons that he couldn't help a veteran out, et cetera, et cetera. That's a great litmus test. Um, if they are really good people and they really want your knife and they're willing to put some labor in because they don't have money, then they're willing to do something like that. And sometimes just because they're willing to do it, that'll tell you that they're, that there's somebody you want to give a knife to. If they actually do it, Hey, that's even better. Some deserving person got some benefit, some diverse uh, deserving person that didn't have money, but was willing to work, got some benefit and you helped improve two people's lives. If they start coming up with reasons why they can't donate some time and labor to get one of your knives, that's going to let you know that you're just dealing with a scammer and you need to just move on. And if you make knives long enough, you're going to get approached by some of this. And for a while, it made me feel... It, it didn't make me feel dirty. It just really disappointed me in humanity. But I've got to admit, I've had a couple of people, the VFW thing, uh, there's a couple of other, and it doesn't have to be veterans. Uh, it can be an old folks home. Man, that's a good one. Uh, tell them, hey, I, I'll give you a knife if you will go spend five hours reading books to or playing board games with at a retirement home and, and have the manager send me an email. Mm-hmm. Man, there's retirement homes everywhere. And there are old people that would love to have some kid play checkers with them. Yep. And if you figure your knife is worth 200 bucks and all they had to do was five hours worth of work to get it, that's what, $40 an hour to play checkers with an old person? If they're not willing to take that deal, they don't really want your knife. I'll do that deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I don't count as the old person. <laughs> With the old folks home thing, there was a place, uh, somebody that I know in Texas, uh, that they actually, it's a combination uh, retirement center and uh, child daycare. A lot of the the senior people play with kids for most of the day. So a lot of the, they come and go and uh, a lot of the kids uh, interact a lot with the the older the older generation and give them a lot of purpose to come back and teach them things and establish that connection with a lot of our society has been so moved around and people don't have uh lots of family lineage that they get to see all the time but that was a hey, really cool idea we don't get to put down the roots like we used to and I've heard of a couple like that, and it is a great idea because, I mean, 
especially when you're in your middle years, you get bored and frustrated with doing kid stuff. And the older folks, they actually don't mind. They're having fun. Mm -hmm. And it gets to be a win-win. They're having fun because they get attention and they get to remember what it was like to be young and they don't mind doing it. Um, And the kids get somebody to look up to. Well, even just reading the books to the kids and stuff, they said that their their kids enjoyed that so much. So, yeah, um, yeah. So that's going to be uh, whenever you have somebody approaching you about, golly gee, they're a nice person and they want a they want a free knife or a discounted knife. Mm-hmm. Great litmus test is either the VFW or an old folks home. Yeah. And if they're not willing to put the effort in, they either A, are trying to scam you, or B, they're not really that nice a person. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's so many so many people doing stuff like that. It's un- unfortunate. And I got bitter. Um, one of the knives that I, I donated to a, a fine, upstanding kid, I saw for sale on knife forums like two weeks later. Wow. And that was kind of the that's when my last feeling died and I realized that all of you are just a bunch of live or die. I don't care. Yeah. Not all of it. No, no, no. I mean, I'm okay. And my kids are pretty awesome. And, and, and Beth is awesome. Oh, and Kyle, Kyle's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, uh, that's a little bit about how to pick a YouTube channel. Um, well, and I guess I guess maybe I should touch on how to approach a YouTube channel. And that's a little harder. I would go with do your research, send an introduction, hey, I really like to do your reviews. I I would really like to be reviewed. Um if they want something for free, uh just pass. It's going to hurt at first, but long term it's going to be to your advantage. If they do the, hey, great, loan it to me and I'll send it back, that's a good deal. Don't be surprised if it's six months between when they send it to you and when they do the review. Because if they're a channel with a lot of followers and they're busy, especially if it's a second job, it's going to take them a while to get to it. So if you're going to send them something, just assume that it's going to be gone for a year. When Ruben Boyles did uh, reviews of some of my knives, he kept them for a year. He used them in different camps, in different environments. Like that was a really solid, legitimate review. Like when he was done, I was absolutely confident that he had used those knives. If somebody says, oh yeah, I'll do a review and they send them back to you in two weeks, eh, there's a good chance they didn't really use them. There's a good chance that they pulled them out of the box, shot some video, and put them back in the box and sent it to you. And yeah, sure, that's marketing. You, you got a little bump. But think about who you want your name associated with. You want your name associated with the guys that are doing legitimate, honest reviews that use your knife for six months, that really know what the edge retention was, really know what the geometry was. Used it enough to realize if there's hot spots or not hot spots. Those are legitimate reviews, and those are reviews from people that you want your name associated with. 
the guys that have it for a week and send it back, that's just a hair's breadth away from the pay-for-play guys. And if I haven't been clear, pay-for-play is a hard no. Um, if you've got to give them a product or pay them to do the review, that's not somebody you want you want to be associated with. Because eventually people are going to look around and go, he's a bullshit. And all of his reviews are bullshit. And the knives that he reviewed might be bullshit. Yeah. Sorry, I got worked up on that one. <laughs> well, be, a, be a few Duke Kabooms in that one. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I didn't say fuck. <laughs> little, little gift for you right there at the end. Awesome. Keep me on my toes. Yeah. Um, so live action during the podcast, mm-hmm. we had a guy, Eco Mountain Crafts, uh, just sent us a message. Got to listen to the last podcast. Another awesome one, guys. Keep up the amazing work. Eco Mountain Crafts, thank you for the, the kind words. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you guys wow. send us nice things, high likelihood that uh, you might get on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want it to sound like pay for play, but if you say nice <laughs> things about me, I'll say nice things about you. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we love getting getting more and more of those as our uh, follow our listeners seem to grow. So, yeah. And I missed a shout out to uh, to Red Falcon. Well, ne- I got to do that next oh. uh, next episode because they do some really cool prehistoric wood handle stuff. Cool. Yeah, I know they've been tagging us in the in the photos uh some recently. Yeah, I uh I bought some man one of the things I like about them is they will send a carbon date um like they have their stuff carbon dated and they'll send you the the official form. So, I've got some sinker cypress that was carbon dated to 530 BC. Well, which I've been saving for just the right knife. I think I've got the one that it's going to go on. But from a marketing side, I mean, anybody can say it's ancient bog oak, but with their stuff, like you can actually hand them a carbon dating certificate from a, a lab to say, no, this, this is really literally older than Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's older than me. Yeah. I'd make a wife joke in there, but she actually listens to this, so I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that. Okay, uh, I'm not sure where this is going to go in in the show. This whole part might get edited out because Kyle has found some really nifty way to seamlessly work it into the show. But in case he hasn't, um, I, I wanted to touch base on a couple of things. I realized after we recorded the show that I wasn't clear. Um, around uh, Craig... Uh, Craig, apart from being a, a, a friend of the show and a phenomenal friend of Dogwood, uh, he's one of the chefs that does a lot of my R&D work for me. He and I designed the Papa Bear, that uh, Thai style cleaver. Um, he's the one that I designed that with. Uh, and he's he's been a, a part of the, the knife community for a very long time. And it's just an all-around good guy. He is an executive chef here in Greenville. A local boy, went down to the coast, went to culinary school, made his chops down in Charleston, and came back to to Greenville. 
and what has happened is he has gotten what's called Gillian Barr syndrome. And it is where your immune system attacks your nervous system. What it comes down to is he re- rolled triple craps. Nobody's exactly sure why, but typically you'll get an infection of some kind. A lot of times it's abdominal. Um, and in the process of your immune response, something goes wrong and your immune system turns on your nervous system. Within like 24 hours, he was feeling numbness. Um, within a couple of days, he was 90% paralyzed. Could barely move his head and that was it. He He's a larger than life outdoorsman, fish, um, avid fly fisherman. He's never standing still. Like I said, an executive chef. And he's gotten leveled. Went to see him yesterday and he's made a huge improvement. Like I said, three weeks ago, he was 90% paralyzed. The first time I got to see him, he could open and close one hand. And now he's up to the point that... (laughs) He's got this big foam roller that a fork can fit inside of, and that helps him be able to hold a fork and he can feed himself now, which has been a huge step. And he's in, he will be in the physical therapy unit at the hospital for at least another three months. Uh, The goal is he can't leave until he is self-sufficient in a wheelchair. He's got to be able to get in and out of it on his own, feed himself, bathe himself, and clothe clothe himself. And they say it's going to be at least three months. Wow. And that's three months that he can't work. Uh, He's got insurance, but it is not good insurance. So it's been tight on him. Um, They've just realized that once he gets, you know, when he leaves, he's going to be on a wheelchair. So we're already making arrangements. We've got a, fortunately he owns his house because we've got to widen the doorways uh, we've got to rebuild uh, his bathroom. Uh, we're going to have to pretty much we're going to have to strip it, uh, rebuild the shower so that it's a walk in with uh, pull up bars. And because of its size and it's uh, the way it was laid out, there's not enough room for like the wheelchair to get in there and him to to m- uh, maneuver. So there's a apart from the immediate financial strain of not having a job or not being able to work and the medical bills that he's going to be probably six months in the hospital before he gets out. And then he's going to have, so I guess I should say good news is he, he's made so much progress. The doctors are saying it's a a 90 plus chance, a 90 plus percent chance that he will make a, a recovery, a full recovery. Very good. The problem is that may take up to two years. So he's looking at at least six months worth of hospital bills. And then, another 18 months of physical therapy, uh, nursing before he can get back. And I I'm careful saying this because whenever I hear about people asking for money, I get really cautious. Uh, I can say first and foremost, I know Craig personally, um, I'm helping him out personally. Uh, in the show notes, there's a, um, there's a Venmo address that's, um, his wife, uh, I think that we'll also have notes about uh, a fundraiser here in Greenville. If you're local, um, Kyle has been kind enough to to donate a knife to the uh, the silent auction. 
uh, I'm going to be donating both uh, a knife and a custom fitting. Um, whoever wins the auction for that knife will come in in the shop and I'll custom shape and fit the handle to the knife to their hand. And like I said, I just wanted to give you all an idea of, of what the money's going to. It's not, it's not buying a new car. Matter of fact, they're not quite sure what they're going to do about getting him around. Since it doesn't look like it'll be forever, I don't think they're going to invest in a handicap uh, outfitted vehicle. Uh, but they are going to have to. Uh, <laughs> his Jeep is not uh, his Jeep is not wheelchair compliant right now, uh, and that's a down the road thing. But it's it's going to immediate needs of his family. Uh, it'll be going to a couple of us are donating the labor, so it'll be going to materials to modify his house and his kitchen, and 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 that's that's where the money's going to. Uh, and I just I wanted to kind of give you all an idea of who this guy is that we're talking about and what we're really asking for. Um, so if y'all can help out, uh, I would really appreciate it. He, like I said, I can one hundred percent vouch for the fact that he's a phenomenal human being, and this is not a scam. This is not money going to a vacation. This is this is a phenomenal guy in a bad way. Yep. Um, and just seeing just seeing the pictures of him on his Facebook that uh, his wife put up, uh, like that that huge bag of plasma, like it was like eight pounds or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> and they did. I think they did ten of those. So that's crazy. They did a series of treatments. The his uh, immune system was literally eating holes through the sheathing in his nerves, which causes the nerves to misfire. Yeah. And it's excruciatingly painful. And there was a couple of treatments that they tried. And that's the other problem is he is completely immunocompromised now. Because they had to get the immune system to stop attacking the nerve system. And first they tried um, uh, basically plasma um, infusions. Um, hoping that healthy immune system being in infused with components of a healthy immune system would help and it didn't. So they had to completely destroy his immune system. And then I think it was 10 treatments, eight pounds each of plasma, uh, basically flushing out his old immune system that they had killed and replacing it. Wow. But right now, even if he could physically leave the hospital, he can't because he literally has no immune system right now. He's, like a cancer patient in chemo. Yeah. Well, we hope he gets back uh back at it soon and all the treatments that they do keep keep working as well as they seem to be going. And I I'm also going to say that uh he's been a bit of an inspiration to me. I mean, he's gotten a short of losing a loved one. He's gotten as knocked on your ass as you can. And Every time I see him, every time we talk, it's about how he's done, what he's doing next. Um, he would be perfect. It'd be perfectly understood if he was doing why God and angry and frustrated. But instead, he's, you know, he's got an attitude of, I can't change that it happened. I can only change what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. Um, 
he attacks physical therapy every day to the point that uh, the physical therapist is like, no, you, you got to back off. And Craig's like, no, no, I'm good. And the guy's like, look, here's the deal. You have to be honest with me about how you're doing. And if you'll do that, then I'll give you all the physical therapy you can handle. But if you can't be honest with me, then we can't do it. Yeah. So he's had to get to the point of like right now, the longest he can sit up is three hours. And at first the therapist is like, hey, you're not looking so good. And he'd be like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And now he has to admit, okay, I'm, I'm getting lightheaded. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to gray out. Yeah. Um, but his his attitude has been absolutely phenomenal. Cool. Um, and his his whole goal right now is wheelchair in time for Blade Show. Yeah. It'd be great to great to see him there. Oh, he's going to be there if for no other reason than um, I'm really going to need the handicap placard to, or uh, for loading and unloading. <laughs> Uh, but you ship all your stuff, right? No. Um, I used to when I lived up in uh, Pennsylvania, oh. but I drive it all down now. Gotcha. Uh, I ship it out to Blade West because I'm not making that drive. Yeah. But um, Salt Lake City but, this uh, year. What's that? Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. Salt Lake City. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully th- this will be the town. Hopefully this is where it sticks. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but um, on that note, too, if y'all are at Blade Show. Come on by the booth and say hey to him. Yeah. <clears throat> that's um that's really all I've got to say. Like I said, I just <clears throat> I wanted to let people know that that this was legitimate. Yeah. It's, I certainly get suspicious when I when I hear people asking for money. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully we could help to offset some of those uh things. You guys came through and helped uh helped with 50 50 forge uh so hopefully you could yeah. raise some more money for craig yeah uh i'll talk to leah um and what i may do is i was going to see how the cook station fundraiser went uh i may either <clears throat> everybody that uh, donates on the venmo uh every time you donate you'll get a ticket and i'll do a knife and i'll i'll pick a name or we'll do a, a dogwood raffle. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me see how that goes. You know, I might do, I might do either a magna cut uh, chef's knife or a, uh, a cap heart. I just found some um, uh, chestnut, which is what the, uh, the original cap heart handle was made out of, which is now extinct. Um, and I just found a piece. So I might do a cap heart, a 100% accurate cap heart reproduction with a chestnut handle. Nice. Um, we'll kick that around. Um, I I still owe you your cap heart from last year, so I got to do another batch. Do you uh, you want that all that in the the show? <laughs> yeah, that whole rambling thing. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, just all throw right. it in there. All right. Um, if nothing else, it's a little bait. Yeah. Um, and I really do. If people from the show are helping out, I'll I'll find a way to to show my appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. Cool guys. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Kyle will edit this in seamlessly. <laughs> All right. You got anything else to talk about? Um, yeah, but none of it's appropriate for airtime. All righty. Uh, you can keep in touch with us on kniferesective.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can keep in touch with the podcast 
on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and Alexa. So if you have Alexa, say, Alexa, pay, play the Knife Perspective podcast, and she will do it. Uh, I was pretty pretty happy when I did that the other day, and uh, I may have listened to a listened to a show just because it was pretty cool. And you, you could, yeah, you can keep in touch with Dan Eastland of Dogwood Custom Knives at dogwoodcustomknives.com. He's on Facebook and Instagram at Dogwood Custom Knives, and email him at dan at dogwoodcustomknives.com. And you can keep in touch with me, Kyle Daly of Cage Daily Knives, and um, Cage Daily Knives on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. So keep in touch with us and uh, yeah, let us know if there's uh, let us know if there's somebody that you want to shout out to. It's hard for us to spend and devote a bunch of time looking up new people and uh, keeping our eye out. So if you if you see we count on our listeners to 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 keep us informed. Yeah, there have been uh, been a few people recently uh, that have sent sent stuff to the night perspective DMs and said hey uh this guy's really making some cool stuff i think he deserves a shout out and i've been trying to post them back up on the the stories uh for yeah. you guys to check out and keep a keep an eye out on the stories too there's quite a few cool things that uh, whenever i come across something i'll try to post it we, up there whenever we come up yeah something. or i guess we dan dan <laughs> does it from time to time too um and if you've got questions please let us know uh, if we can't answer them, we will find an expert and have them on the show and get your questions answered for you. Yeah, that was one of the the things that I was really excited with uh, Sean Houston about the the sharpening stones. Uh, something that I'm, I'm woefully uh, not versed in, but hopefully will be remedied a little bit after Saturday. I actually want to have him back on. There's, I mean, we touched on a few things, but. I want to do some deep dives on a couple of stones and a couple of uh, the angle techniques. And I, I really don't think we, we got as much out of that show as we could have. Well, we got as much out of it as we could have, but there's a lot more we could have dived into. Yeah. He was uh, posting some videos of trimming a brisket and uh, after it was cooked and stuff too, with the slicer and stuff. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Watching, watching blades being used. Anyway, uh, if you've made it this far, thanks for all of uh, listening to all of our rambling. And if uh, if you want to, we have stickers on the website, too. If you want to help support the show in that way, too, make sure you check out our awesome sponsors that we mentioned before. Let them know that you are happy they're uh, helping support the show. So thanks, guys. And we promise to actually have a guest next episode. <laughs> yep. All righty. Say goodnight, Kyle. Good night, Kyle. Well, let's take it to the edge. Cause that's what's expected. In this discussion, this is the night prospective. Let's get to the point. We're gonna talk about